welcome to another episode of That's Rap Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jay Rosales. And Toronto blows out the... Oh, shoot, wait. I'm looking at the Blue Jays score. <laughs> Sorry, wrong Toronto. Uh, the Raptors got destroyed by the Bucks. Yes, yes, we did. And this was an epitome of a wah-wah game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they kind of like... It's kind of like the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, who didn't progress into the next round of the playoffs. Uh and the Bruins are currently, you know, in their conference finals right now. So the Maple Leafs aren't playing. Clearly, neither did the Raptors. <laughs> I don't know. It's just one of those games. Before we start bashing them, let's let's figure out what happened, what went wrong. Let's look at the numbers. Let's see if we can throw some positives. I know it's a little bit hard. I know we. I think we already threw it all the swear words prior to recording. So let's let's find some positives. Let's let's talk about it, Jay. Let's go. We're Canadian. We can do that. Yeah, we can. No, absolutely. And uh, yeah, great great way to, to segue into the numbers there, Jay. Um, the first number I'm going to throw out to you guys is 39. Um, you can look at that negatively and say 39 is how many the Raptors scored in the first half. But I'm thinking about 39 points in the third quarter alone. Uh, Ooh, and that's very yes, promising. Sir. When you're going to get up against the NBA's best defense uh, in the during the regular season, as and I think it's the number one actually also in the playoffs, uh, dropping thirty nine on them when you're down as much as twenty eight and bringing the lead up uh, down to as little as thirteen, that's very positive, right? That means that Nurse had found something, and that something was um, you know actually leading into my second number, um, which was fourteen, and that's the number of points from Norm Powell. He was. Uh, you know, a, a small glimmer of of hope uh, amongst mm-hmm. the many negatives that came out of this game. Um, but yeah, Norm hit a couple of tr- a threes. He was, um, I guess you could say, playable as opposed to all the <laughs> other games throughout these these playoffs. Um, and yeah, that's that's another another positive, right? I mean, once you start to see those, those shots falling, I remember in game one, he had missed, a, uh, you know, he had done a backdoor cut and went in for a layup and, and missed. And I was thinking, man, I hope that doesn't shatter his confidence. And you know what? It didn't. Um, you know, we all remember playoff norm or, or game five playoff norm from a few years back. And that was against the Bucks. So hopefully a game like this will, will um, you know, 14 points doesn't sound like a lot, but it will do wonders for the guy's confidence. And on the American broadcast, they were even saying maybe he should start over Danny Green. I mean, that that might be a talking point for you two, but uh, it's, you know, that's something that we probably wouldn't have considered before the series. But when you're down 2-0 against the best team in the NBA, you got to, you know, you, you got to figure out what works and what doesn't, right? And right now it looks like Powell is working. Um, and my final number is another bench player who is starting to kind of figure it out. Um, Serge Ibaka's uh, 27 minutes is is a big number for me because uh, coming out of game one, um, I was absolutely baffled and confounded on like why, or sorry, dumbfounded on why um, Nurse played Gasol the amount of minutes that he did. Um, you know, we didn't talk about it too much on the pod. I just you know, after I had more time to think about it, I was like, wow, that was glaring. He had double the amount of minutes, over double the amount of minutes as, as Ibaka when, you know, even when we talked about it in the preview pod, Ibaka is the X factor and he has, he does his best work against the Bucks. And why is he just not, why is he only playing 17 minutes? So good to see that he played 27 minutes. You know, he didn't that amazing, but he did lead the team with 10 rebounds. 
Um, didn't nail any threes, but that's not really his game. Um, but um, the fact that he got 27 minutes over Gasol's 19 minutes is is a positive sign, I think, in terms of like what will work against his Bucks team. Um, you know, Gasol doesn't have to deal with Vucevic or Embiid anymore. You know, that that's not the style that that the Bucks play. Um, you know, it's kind of unfortunate, but Gasol's place is not really you know a heavy minutes. Uh, need for this series and yeah i was kind of uh, happy to see ibaka playing some more minutes hopefully with more reps he'll uh continue to improve as the series moves to toronto yeah um so i'm going to start off with talking about the gasol and and surge i guess partnership in the first two meetings or the first two series with orlando and philly there was a need for gasol and he knew that uh, Nurse knew that they, you had to shut down Vucevic. He did it. You had to sh- uh, shut down Embiid as much as possible. He did it. There's a lot of chatter about you know. Uh, I feel like we could be using a lot of JV right now, and it, you know that t- it could be right at this moment. But the problem is, do you really think JV could was able to get us to this part? to this this series i'm not trying to defend gasol i mean he hasn't been a raptor for very long at this moment jv isn't a raptor this is what we have and this is who we are so i feel like i i could see a surge baka playing starter minutes uh, i don't know i doubt that's going to happen to be honest but the bucks seem like they want to play really quickly really fast really hard at the jump and gasol you know, all the power to him. He's not the fastest. Uh, he's not the most nimble, but he's a good defender at the half court. So if you want to go at that pace, I could see a Baka starting at center. Okay, but let's start with the positives, all right? Like you said, Jay, Norm had a really good game. It was really nice to see somebody, honestly, somebody off the bench, shoot some threes, get aggressive, and not, I guess, you know, honestly, not be intimidated. It kind of seemed like Gasol and like Siakam and sometimes even Kawhi at, at a few moments where they were kind of intimidated, right? Norm, when he had those minutes, he played the hardest. And I argue probably the hardest every, uh, on this on this squad. So it was, it was just nice to see him be aggressive with those 14 points. He was driving the lane. He was shooting those shots. It was really good to see. The bench unit, it's, it's nice to see, but it's, it's more like you got to take it with a grain of salt. The starters aren't playing the best right now, and that's why we need the the bench. The thing is, the bench is slowly but surely picking up the pace. I'm, I, I, you can tell. You can tell. I'm trying to grab as many positives as possible, but it's true. Like it, before, the bench was literally, literally unplayable. Now we got 27 minutes off Ibaka, like 20 plus from from Norm. So this was good to see. And finally. If I could say anything about Gasol and Green, you have to remember that these guys are veterans. Danny Green is a champion, and Gasol has been the vocal point for his team for more, a decade plus. These guys are going to play better. They're not going to play like this for the rest of the series. I, I'm putting it out there. I'm putting it in paper. They are going to bounce back, I guarantee you, because of the experience. We are not going to go into Toronto and play like we are scared because this is not the type of team we are. You have to play level-headed. You can't be too high. You can't be too low. Next game is in our home court. You got to defend home court, and I think we're going to play like that in game three. It's funny that you should uh, 
round off a lot of your positives with uh, how they counter the negatives, because a lot of those are talking points that I'm going to bring up. But uh, I first off want to bring up um, foul troubles, which is something that I've said a lot during those, these playoffs. They showed. Uh, Siakam got fouled out. Um, Lowry had like five, I think. Green had like four or five, I think. Uh, that really sucks when we have a team that, as you said, the bench is slowly getting there, but they're not quite where they are yet. We need all the players that we have. We need them to show up, and they can't do that as soon as all these fouls pile up. So first off, foul troubles. I mean, we got to get that figured out because guess what? That uh, allows them to get back into games. Again, that's in relation to my third point, but I'm going to save that for last because my second point also deals with that. My second is I, I firmly believe Nick Nurse has to adjust himself. Uh, I think like the 76ers series right now, um, right now he's just not going toe-to-toe with, with Milwaukee and their coaching. I think that uh, Nick Nurse, with the way that he's going about it, what he's doing is he's benching players when they're hot. Like when he pulled Norman Powell before, this isn't like a video game where your player, when you bench them, retains this energy and it continues to grow. When you bench a player, it goes away. It fizzles. Like Wollenhauser, he's so much more effective with who he has on at proper times. Nurse, for some reason, keeps players on if they're if they're breaking shots. And that's the time you should be taking them out. We're calling timeouts when we have a breakthrough. Like, even the players looked a little bit stunned. And that shouldn't be something that you're doing. Like, that's, you know, we we had, like, a near 30-point deficit, and we somehow brought it to, like, 12 or 15 points. I mean, that's pretty remarkable in the third quarter. Like, that's that's something. But you don't halt that. It's not like, all right, good, come here, we're going to talk about more plays. No, you have to keep momentum going because guess what? Milwaukee thrives on momentum. That's why they got to like almost 30 points higher than us at one point. I mean, the fact that we didn't break 40 in the first half and they were within like 60 points. I mean, they're a very hot team. That's what happens. But all of this stems from problem three, the biggest one. We have to stop fearing the deer. Fear the deer is our <laughs> motto and we are... You're absolutely buying into it. As you brought up before, a lot of our players have felt intimidated, even Kawhi at some points. No, no, it's just a motto. If you believe that they're going to steamroll you, they're absolutely going to steamroll you. And this leads to what? Panicking during foul trouble. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. This is going to be a foul. I can't go here. Guess what? Yanni Atetokubo, Euro steps from like Atlanta all the way over here doesn't even get touched, it's not a problem. And you cannot have foul troubles and intimidation with a player like Yanni Atendagumpo because guess what? He's going to eat you alive. And guess what? He went off for 30 points, 17 freaking rebounds. That's exactly what happens. He owns the game. Mm-hmm. If it's not him, it's all of his three-point shooting minions. And guess what? They were hot as well. Yeah. The problem The problem is, too, is whenever uh, they, the Bucks do shoot uh, long, long threes because these are aren't you know set threes. These are from way out outside, and you know what's the old adage: long shot, long rebounds. There's been a lot of times where we've kind of just ball watched, and we yeah. haven't had a chance to you know put a body on anybody. So, but at the same time, it's like you have to be the more aggressive team, right? The the reason why 
Milwaukee's getting all these calls is mainly because they're the more aggressor on both defense and yes. offense. So if we're not going to, you know, drive, try to get fouls, I know that they are, and I know that fouls haven't been called, but at the same time, if you don't do it once, try again. If you don't get it the second time, try again. You got to keep being the aggressor and not be, I guess, like you said, afraid. It, it, it's, it's tough. What I would give the Raptors, though, is that they kept on putting those mini runs together. Those twelve to two runs, the eight to eight to four runs, whatever it might be. But the thing is, Bud did call good timeouts, and that's that's something that you know we could look at if we, we replayed the game. Um, and then right after the timeout, it was like a six zero run in for the Bucks. So I give it to both teams. I give understanding that you know this this game is a is is a game of runs, and whoever stops those runs will win the game. And the Bucks did it. The Bucks did it in game two. Let's see what we can do for game three. I think it's great that you brought up the the, the aggression, or I guess the lack of aggression. Um, in in game one, when the game was a lot, you know, more tightly contested, uh, the Raptors forced twelve turnovers from the Bucks. In this game, up until late until the fourth, the Bucks only had four turnovers. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, once the benches got emptied, they they had a couple more turnovers, and that bumped up the number to seven. But you know the uh, that kind of speaks to the fact that a the, the Bucks were really good at taking care of the ball, but b it's more the fact that the Raptors just weren't aggressive, right? You guys both t- touched upon this, and you know throughout the Magic series and and, and this definitely throughout the very physical Philly series, we had very active hands. Um, we were at the top of each of the the various hustle stats, and you know you're. I guess you're just not seeing it enough throughout the team and it's showing in the box score. So, um, you know, the, the, I guess if there's another positive that can come out of this is that, um, you know, that there's an old adage that says that a playoff series doesn't start until the road team wins. And, you know, we may not have won any of the first two games, but as long as we hold court, we can come back here in game five and, and steal something. But I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's the other thing I'm going to kind of lean on here is that, um, you're, you're not going to come back in this series in one game. Like you're not going to make up an, an O2 deficit overnight, right? So mm-hmm. it it sounds very you know cliche, but you know if as long as they can win one, right? You get one, you can then you build off that confidence. You you were talking, Dre, you were talking about how Milwaukee builds off of momentum. The Raptors are the same, right? You mm-hmm. there there are some good points that we can take out of this game in terms of you know how they recovered in the third quarter there's a lot of good points in terms of how they played in the first three quarters of game one um you know you combine those and you know with the bench starting to step up a bit um we absolutely can hold hold down home court and it starts with sunday so i'm i'm eager to see how we start the game on sunday right and you know kind of go from there and, and just work off of the enthusiasm from from the crowd i'm not going to think about history too much but in the 2015-2016 season, when we did face Cleveland in the conference finals, we lost the first two games in pretty emphatic fashion. And then we came back home to win the next two. I'm not saying this is a positive because we did lose a series ultimately. But at the same time, hey, we have the capability of going down and basically coming back with a win. So I don't want to like harp back to uh, what could have, should have been. But game one, that game was the one to steal for us. And we didn't take that opportunity. So I'm just hoping that if we get the opportunity in the next two, three, four games 
five games we have left for this this series, we have to utilize and we have to capitalize on every single opportunity that we have. Today was not one of those days, but that's okay. Jay, go ahead. No, I'm just saying like that very good point. And let's not forget that we're we're this is the first time that we're actually facing a team that's better than us, right? We're we've been used to it all year long of being the the favorite to win whatever game we're in and whatever series we're in, right? And this is why the Philly series is a bit frustrating because we were the higher ranked team. We were the better team overall. Mm-hmm. It took a lot longer to get through them, but at the end of the day, we were just I think we as as Raptors fans have been a little bit spoiled, right? We're used to being the best team on the court. And the fact that we're actually playing a team that's better than us, there's there's a bit of adversity that we got to overcome here, both as Raptors fans and on the guys that are playing on the court. Um, we, again, we do have the pieces and we have the, you know, if we can come up with the right game plan. And again, there are pieces and, and little spurts here and there that we can, you know, kind of um, emphasize even more, whether it's rotations or, you know, specific play calls. It, it's there for the taking. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that it's a little bit of a different mindset this time because we are actually facing uh, a, a team that is, you know, deeper than us and has shown to be the number one team throughout the season. So, yeah, I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's it's going to be diff- difficult. Hey, man, you don't become better unless you beat the best, right? So exactly either you guys agree with us or not i'm still thinking raptors in seven i know you guys picked bucks dre did you pick the bucks i said two i said either bucks in six or raptors in seven okay there you go well i'm still hoping for raptors in seven man i'm, I'm still gonna be positive <laughs> in that way but all right so let's regroup they're coming back in toronto we did north we gotta stick behind our guys and stick with our guns all right i'll talk to you guys on sunday that's a wrap <laughs>